Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Last week we talked with my next guest, Dr. Eileen Hilton, as she has expertise in infectious disease, but she also has another niche that she knows more about than anybody else I know, and that's critically important these days. Dr. Hilton runs Crown Care, and that's a service that helps people find out what the best Medicare plan is for them and how to avoid some of the pitfalls of making a bad choice that sometimes can't be reversed once you sign up. So we're going to talk today about all the different types of what are the different Medicare plans, what are the different parts of those plans, and most importantly, what are the pitfalls you really want to try and avoid, particularly some unique ones that have come about because of the coronavirus pandemic. So thank you for joining me again for a second week, Dr. Hilton. Truly appreciate all of your expertise. My pleasure. Now, Medicare is something that Usually people hear about, they're like, oh, when you're over 65 or if you're disabled or have some reason to be on Medicare when you're younger. But the initial discovery or the the plan of Medicare came about years ago, trying to figure out ways to cover people who were elderly or who had like kidney disorders or disabilities and needed dialysis. Medicare's initial inception is what led to where we're at right now with these different types of Medicare. How can you make it easy for us? It's such an alphabet soup, the A, B, C, D plan. Yeah, I'm not so sure I can make it easy, but I can tell (laughs) you how I think about it, which sort of clarifies it for me. I think of it historically, and I put it into two groups, original Medicare, the original old Medicare, and Medicare Advantage, which many, many people have in Hawaii. Um, The original Medicare was started back in the 60s, Lyndon Johnson, uh, and it was the first real safety net for seniors. Before that, you were sort of on your own with your medical bills, albeit they were not that high in those years, but they were definitely your responsibility and no one helped you with it, unless, of course, you had employer insurance, and that was relatively new. I remember starting in the 60s, noticing that employer insurance was picking up. You know, they were trying to get good employees so they would offer health insurance Um, and then retirement plans. Then um, this plan passed, uh, original Medicare, and it had parts. So this is the alphabet soup. So you had Part A, which was hospital coverage, Part B, which was medical insurance, meaning it's doctor coverage, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and even things like durable medical equipment like wheelchairs. And because both Part A and B covered a substantial portion of the cost, 80%, there was still a 20% gap, and along came the private insurers and, you know, partnering with the federal government, agreeing to the rules that the federal government set down for the seniors to have Uh, decent care, they offered supplemental insurance called Medigap. It's another name for them. And now to finish the alphabet soup on this side, we had in 2006 prescription drug coverage come in, and that's Part D, D for drugs. So an easy way of thinking of it is this original Medicare is basically a la carte. Okay, so you're buying 
hospital in one section, or you're not buying it if you've worked 40 quarters, which is 10 years, it's free. You're buying Part B, which is medical, which you are buying. And I'll talk about the uh, the, uh, premiums in a bit. And I would always advise buying supplemental insurance so that in some supplemental plans, you're basically covered from the first dollar you spend. So you really almost never see a bill except for drugs. Drugs are not covered under supplemental. And you buy Part D. Now, briefly, okay, I'm going to go over what the, the pros and the cons are from each of these. In 97, Part C came up, and that was under Clinton's period of time when he, had, he was very entrepreneurial, and he said, hey, to the Medicare providers, the insurers, would you like to partner with the government and take care of some of these seniors' lives? We'll give you a bunch of money to do that. And that was the beginning of some of the most innovative medical insurance there was, and it was very similar to employer insurance. Uh, it had deductibles and co-pays, et cetera, et cetera, and became very popular very quickly. This one is a combination of Part A, B, and usually D. So the the original Medicare is a la carte, and the Medicare Advantage is prefixed, okay, from soup to nuts, your whole menu. Um, So I'll let you ask some more questions, but as far as I'm concerned, the easiest way to think of it is original Medicare Think of it in the 60s, starting in the 60s, and by the way, it was a real hard sell. Okay, So it was passed, and people would have to go door to door to try to talk the seniors into signing up, get doors slammed in their face. I just saw an article from 66 describing what kind of pandemonium it was trying to get people to sign up for Medicare. And now, if you ever tried to take away Medicare, you'd have armed insurrection. So. It's and, kind of the opposite of first they all protested, and now they're going to protest if you try and take it away. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really a fabulous safety net for seniors. And some of the plans are so robust that they are better than any employer plan. So let's so. talk a little bit about the original Medicare and the advantages of original Medicare if you are not quite sure with some unique issues, maybe geography, or if you have certain medical conditions for which you want to have more of an open network. Because when I think of original Medicare, I think covered in all 50 states, any hospital that participates with it, any doctor that participates with it, you can see no restrictions. You don't need prior authorization for scans or x-rays or other things like that. So there are some reasons why original Medicare has some benefits compared oh, to there other are a lot plans. Of reasons. It used to be the most expensive option, so that benefit actually has changed. In many cases, it's the least expensive option for some of the seniors that have a lot of pre-existing conditions and are going to need a lot of medical care. So, yeah, original Medicare had the reputation of being for the very rich, you know, and people would go for something called the F-plan. Uh, we have parts, and then we have plans, and the plans are referring to the supplemental insurance. The F plan was called the fancy plan, which first dollar out of pocket was covered, and you never saw a bill. Um, people who were born 
uh, and was actually people who were 65 in 2019 are able to still buy the F plan. And that would apply to people who've been working and they delayed enrolling in Medicare Part B. That's who can buy the F plan. Otherwise, there's one almost as good called the G plan, which you call the other good plan. And this is how I think of alphabet soup. I sort of link the letters with the, the good for G and fabulous for F or fancy plan for F. Hey, it's working so, for me. I'm yeah. taking notes. So the G plan is everything the F plan covers except for the annual Part B deductible. And the annual Part B deductible um, is uh, 212 bucks in 2021. And this is an estimate. They haven't come out with everything finalized, but that's typically they go up a certain amount each year. And that's not a lot of money to have out of pocket. Um, so, yes, original Medicare used to be the Cadillac, expensive, et cetera, but it's, it's actually no longer that. Sometimes it's absolutely less expensive. So what we do is we look at um, what medications you're on, which is critical because the medications can make or break a plan for you. And one of the things I will stress is that a lot of people say, oh, my wife has Medicare. She started before me, and she's got a drug plan I really like, so I'm just going to do what she has. Disaster can strike <laughs> if she has an expensive drug. Some of these drugs are a fortune, especially the cancer drugs. Oral cancer drugs can be $200,000 a year, you know, and rheumatoid arthritis drugs and um, macular degeneration drugs, these are a fortune. So one person can have a great, great price going with Medicare plan so-and-so, and the husband or wife could be totally, like, you know, hit with those, those uh, costs for drugs. All right, we're going to come back to that in just a minute about how sometimes in commercial insurance you might be linked with your spouse and Medicare, you might not be. So we'll be right back. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show, and we're learning all about how to choose the right Medicare plan. October 15th starts Medicare Open Enrollment, and there's a lot you can do to make sure you choose the right plan in the beginning, and it'll definitely serve you well as time goes on. When we come right back, we're going to talk some more about how different medicines can really make or break what plan you choose and help hopefully help to educate all of us, myself included, about the ways to really help navigate the whole Medicare system. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm talking on the line with Dr. Eileen Hilton of Crown Care, and we're talking about all the different aspects of Medicare. A lot of this is not just news for people who are listening who are thinking of or of age to enroll in Medicare, but I'll tell you right now, it's news to a lot of the doctors as well. So this is a great topic that I'm glad we have a chance to talk about. Now, right before the break, you mentioned that, you know, one plan might be great for one spouse and a different plan for another spouse. If you're in a commercial insurance world, you often will have your insurance potentially linked to your spouse. 
But are mm-hmm. you what you're saying that in fact with Medicare it's totally separate? It is, mm-hmm. and um, you can get discounts if you use the same company, which is why they try to sell a husband or a wife the same uh, drug plan that the um, the spouse has, saying, "Oh, we'll give you a five percent discount or ten percent discount." That could cost you a lot of money if it turns out your drug is expensive. The negotiations for these drug plan prices are annual. So every single year, Part D costs change based on the negotiator who's working for whatever company you've signed up with. With the original Medicare, you have the ability to shop around uh, like 30-odd drug plans in Hawaii sometimes. And you put in your exact drug, your exact dosage, how often you refill it, the pharmacies you use, and believe me, the pharmacies you use matter. We've seen huge differences in costs. We, when we run the numbers, we run them with three pharmacies in your area so you can get a good idea of which of the greater bargain would be to use, plus mail order. But in general, the, um, the way that it's looked at best is looking at the person's medical history their current medical history, their familial history of medical problems, uh, the drugs they're on, and then also the potential drugs they could be on based on either genetic predilection to having a certain disease in the family um, or, you know, they're starting with macular degeneration but it hasn't hit yet, that type of thing, and then the odds that they will need these expensive drugs within the next year. So a little bit of forecasting is involved, taking yeah, a look at... Yeah, and as a physician, I, you know, I knew nothing about this as a physician when I was in practice. Okay, I don't feel bad now, thank I, yeah, you. Yeah, no, no, I knew nothing about it. And when people started asking me questions when we did, you know, advocacy, I went, how does anyone understand this stuff? Yeah. I mean, this is like, makes organic chemistry look easy at times, you know. So I think, um, I think it's hard. It's daunting for most seniors, and so they automatically will go to, like, an advantage plan, which has the advantage of being simpler to understand. It's similar to their corporate plans. So they they were used to working for a company and having everything all in one, and they had co-pays and they had everything else. So just briefly, the advantages of, of an advantage plan, like, HMSA has advantage plans complete, et cetera. H- uh, UH- well, a lot of places happen, but um, United Healthcare, Humana, all, several of them in our area. They're one stop shop. They're similar to employer coverage. There are some extras. They used to have a lot of bells and whistles, but they've decreased that. Gym used to be there, free, et cetera. Um, but the disadvantages, and you mentioned this, you mentioned pre certifications. As a physician, yes, that was did. the thing I hated to do most when arguing with an insurance company with someone who could barely understand what they were arguing about, telling me as a physician why I won't be able to get a pre-certification for a CAT scan or a PET scan or something else on a patient I thought needed it, and arguing and arguing, wasting a lot of time. And many authors hire people just to do that, get the pre-cert. And the other thing that's a disadvantage is increasing co-pays. Remember I said on the original Medicare, some people are uh, in the F plan or in the G plan, and once the G plan reaches their deductible, there are no copays for anything but drugs. And the other issue is what you mentioned, 
which is non-local acceptance um, of some of the plans, but you mentioned the geography, which is the critical thing. If you want to go anywhere in the United States for your medical care, I usually suggest original Medicare. It is a lot easier. For instance, the Mayo Clinic in Rochester will accept Advantage plans, uh, but the Mayo Clinic branches in Arizona and Florida will not. not. Even in their own state, they will not accept an Advantage plan. The other issue is the time difference between Hawaii and the mainland. Even in California, if you need an emergency surgery, which I did, and it was, I think it was about 7 a.m. and they were wheeling me in, and they couldn't get a pre-cert to do it because there was no one here, you know, to answer the phone. And so it ended up I had to try to claw back the money that was collected from me on a credit card on the stretcher, <laughs> so, which I didn't get, by the way. So that's, that's something to be concerned about if, if indeed that is an issue. Um, in general, they're great for people who are relatively healthy, who don't have super, super expensive drugs. They do have out-of-pocket maximums, three, 4,000. Some of them are a little bit higher, and that's significantly more than some of the uh, a la carte things would cost is the good supplemental plan. So those are the advantages and disadvantages of the advantage plans. Um, and I think basically a lot of people like them because it's the same company that they usually used before or it's very inexpensive. There's very little um, premium expense, but the overall expense is what we calculate the overall annual expense. And so each person's different. Oft times we'll have a husband be much cheaper on original and the wife be much cheaper on advantage. And so they go into different plans. So you mentioned that, you know, with this kind of situation, you might have somebody who chooses to use an advantage plan that has a zero dollar premium, but that doesn't mean they have a zero dollar copay. No. No, and that's a big to way true, to distinguish. You check it out because right. you have to actually analyze how many times you see a doctor. What the copay is to go to a doctor's office; those are all in the advantage plans, and um, as well as you know how many hospital days you think you could possibly be in. You won't know that, but for instance, the cost for a hospital day stay uh, when you're on original with a supplement is zero. Um, but the cost for hospital stay for days one through six in most of the Advantage plans is anywhere from 250 on up per day to as high as 350, 400. There used to be 100 a day, Max. That was 2010, so things have really changed in the last 10 years. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back with Dr. Hilton, we're going to talk about a real unique situation that is definitely related to what's gone on with coronavirus. For those people who are eligible for Medicare and are currently covered on COBRA, there are some unique things that they need to know about before they take a look at open enrollment. So when we come back, we're going to talk some more about that. Stay with us.
Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I've got my Medicare guru on the line, Dr. Eileen Hilton, and she's really helping us to figure out what are the ins and outs of Medicare. So we talked at the beginning of the show of original Medicare, which is a Part A, a Part B, and hopefully a supplemental Part and a Part D for drugs. We've talked a little bit about Medicare Advantage. Can be an advantage for some folks, some expanded benefits, although they have been limited of late. But just because it's a $0 premium, make sure you look at the fine print, particularly if you're someone who might be in the hospital a bit or who sees a lot of doctors or sees a lot of specialists. Those copays can certainly add up. Now, there's something else that Unique has happened, and We were talking about it earlier, and it's something that a lot of folks don't realize. And again, I'm learning this from you as well. And this has to do with those folks who now might be eligible for Medicare, but maybe during the pandemic they were laid off or they were unemployed and they're on COBRA. Explain why that could be something they have to be extra careful about. Okay, so if you have not signed up for Medicare Part B at the age of 65, you have... um, certain numbers of special enrollment periods, depending on what the incident is. And in this case, if you're uh, losing your health care insurance because you have um, either been laid off or retired or whatever, after you leave your employment, you have eight months, eight months to sign up for Part B without penalty. The penalty is 10% per each year you haven't signed up, and that is cumulative over all your lifetime. It does not stop, okay? So that's a lifetime penalty, and we've seen some real horror stories with that. The typical things I'm seeing now is some of the layoffs occurred in January, February, March, and people are put, went on to COBRA. COBRA does not count, does not count, nor does, nor does retirement insurance count against getting that Medicare penalty if you've signed up after eight months, okay? So Think five million times before not signing up within the eight-month period because it can be a very expensive mistake. I've seen at least three people in the last two weeks that have done something like that, and it's, it's very difficult to fight with Medicare over something like this. And a lot of people don't know that retirement insurance doesn't count and neither does COBRA in terms of penalty avoidance in Medicare. Now, you reference retirement insurance. Mm-hmm. What exactly do you mean by that? Okay, so if, for instance, my husband works for the DOD, okay, They're, and the policy we have is a very nice policy. It's an employer policy, and even in retirement, it's the same policy. You don't have to go on to Medicare. You're not forced to buy Part B or anything else. You can stay on that retirement policy. If anything happens to the to the um, law where they say, even though it's even though this is a good policy, we can't afford this anymore. The United States has been hit by a nightmare crisis. We don't have any money left for this. We want you to sign up for Part B, similar to what they did in Hawaii a few years ago with Hawaii EUTF, etc. You had to sign up for Part B. The Hawaii unions one, and said, fine, if you're making us sign up for something that we never were told we had to sign up for and that you would cover us for life in our insurance, then you pay the premiums for Part B. They won that, and the premiums for Part B with EUTF, which is the union for teachers, et cetera, in Hawaii, 
uh, and workers, state workers, that is paid for by the state. However, if the federal government decides not to do that, not to grandfather in those people and not give them a penalty, and we, if my husband retires and we decide, okay, we're going to sign up for Medicare, we're going to have a monster, monster premium because we didn't sign up at 65 if we sign up later, like 70 or 75 or whatever. So, and we've seen that happen, I think, in Detroit when uh, the major recession happened, 2008, 2009. And a lot of the unions uh, went bankrupt, and they couldn't continue to pay the benefits for health insurance for their employees, their retired employees. Those people had to sign up for Medicare Part B, and I know there was a real lot of pain when that went on. Because they had to pay the penalty. Yep. So even if it's not your fault... No, the penalty is there. No, most of this could not be completely innocent mistakes, which is why, why I'm sort of horrified when I see some of these cases. And we've seen people who've lost their homes because they were paying ridiculous amounts of money in Part B penalties. And there's no way around it. You have to have some type of Part B because if you don't have any other insurance, you're really running the risk of... Right, and of, the ACA won't cover you after the age of 65 which is another thing that's going on with the COVID thing, is uh, some people over the age of 65 who were still working and had spouses, et cetera, under their plan got laid off. Uh, the COVID's going to run out. The spouses on their plan are over the age of 65 as well. And they, but they had, there was some glitch where they could not get Medicare. They were not in a special enrollment period. There was some crazy thing going on. You'd think they would be in a special enrollment period, but at any rate, um, that was a real mess. And that took a lot of phone calls to fix and straighten out. And uh, many, many times it doesn't get fixed and straightened out. So you end up uninsured, and the ACA will not cover you if you're over 65. So if you're not employed at, at the age of 65, sign up for Medicare Part B or an Advantage plan, because the best thing to do is just to sign up and have that. If you are employed, you can delay that Part B sign-up because until you have you get, that employer until insurance. Until you lose your employment. Until you lose your employment. But and if not you, when you go on retirement. In and other so words, reti- yeah, retirement or people, COBRA don't same thing count. COBRA, right? So Does that's not when count against the penalty. you need to make sure that you sign up. I actually recall having a couple of patients that had Part A and never had Part B and never signed up for it. And I remember hearing that the premium amount was going to be like $25,000 a year, something crazy, because they hadn't signed up for like 10 or 15 years. And uh, they just, they weren't able to do it. They just said, okay, we just can't do that. So a lot of things that could potentially be glitches if people aren't careful. Now, if they wanted to get more information about it, one of the services that Crown Care offers is sort of a totally agnostic, we're just going to tell you what your options are mm-hmm. and give you the information, not trying to suggest that you must sign up for a certain plan. No, no, no. We, we get paid by the actual uh, person who's hiring us, and so we have no vested interest in referring to any one particular insurance company or anything like that, whereas brokers do. Sure. And it's significant money, and it's paid for the entire time you're on whatever policy they recommend annually as a commission which is how they make a living. So I have nothing to say other than fine. <laughs> but it's very, 
there's always that, that conflict of interest with who's paying the most to have you sign up for a Medicare plan uh, that's an advantage plan with one company versus another. So I hear them speaking about it. It's quite interesting. But I would be cautious about that. Well, it sounds like if anybody needs to find you, that's, which is how I found you, Crown Care in Hawaii, certainly an opportunity for people to get some information and find out ways that they can maximize their enrollment to start off with to minimize any penalties later. I really want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. I feel like when I turn 65, you better be around. I'm going to call you so you can help me out. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week when we talk more about ways to stay healthy right here on The Body Show. See you then.